know how my kid and my husband do this all the time. It's kind of scary, and yet I look out, and here you are, my family. Um, so I've been really convicted this week, and I am really loud, Elena. Um, I've been convicted this week about my own failings. And um, sometimes my mouth gets in, way of, gets in the way of my, sometimes my mouth gets in the way of God. And so right now, if you will pray with me, um, as I ask the Lord to forgive me. Let's pray. Gracious God, I come before you and for these people to proclaim your holy name. I ask that you forgive me, that you cleanse, and my mouth points directly to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today's scripture is from Luke. And the cool thing about Luke is Luke is a great storyteller, right? Luke does things like, and there was a guy, and he was injured and dying on the side of the road. And along came the priest, and the priest walked by, and he looked at the guy, and he kept on walking. It's a great story hook. Then we've got... There was once the farmer, and the farmer's just sowing seeds all over all creation, let me tell you. We've got, there was the shepherd who lost a sheep and didn't know where to find it. Went off on his own to look for the one of 99. We've got the woman who lost the coin. She perseveres. And then we have this story. And Luke, it, it just struck me that Luke starts this story in a totally different way. Luke starts with, and then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray and don't give up. This is the message. In this passage, Luke kind of starts the way our high school English teachers told us to start. Write what you're going to say, then you're going to say, and then you're going to tell them what you said. And in my high school, that was called Bing, Bang, and Bongo. It's the only part I remember from English in high school, Bing, Bang, and Bongo. It is useless information. If anyone in the world is still using that, stop. But, you know, it's, it's just this introduction. And he says flat out, here's what you've got to learn from this parable in case you miss it, that you are going to pray and not give up. And then Luke goes on to share the parable of Jesus, and it goes like this. In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about man. When we look at this particular statement, you would know, if you lived in that time, that the fear of God was the sign of a good judge. Fear of God. And if we looked at the Greek in this, the word is phobeo, phobia. Fear. Fear of God. And in several translations, it also says, and had no fear of man. And it again is the same Greek word. He does not fear God, and he does not fear man this fearless. If, if you're not fearing God and you're not fearing man, you're not afraid of much at all. So we have this judge. Now, there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him 
with a plea. In Judaism, in ancient times, the most vulnerable were the orphans and the widow. They would have come before a just judge and been heard first. But we see in this passage that the judge pushes her aside. She says, grant me justice. Now, in my translation, which I'm using the NIV right now, it says, grant me justice against my adversary. If you look at some other translations, it's grant me justice against the person who is persecuting me. Grant me justice against someone who has a false claim against me. There, there are a number of different ways that set out. We really don't know. We don't know if this is about rent. We don't know if this is about harassment. We don't know. But we know that for some time, the judge ignored her. Now remember, she's the most vulnerable. At this time, a just judge would hear her cause first because that's what Leviticus says to do. Yet he fears not God, he fears not man, so yeah, why bother? Then we have this awesome woman, right? I love this part because as I was reading in different translations, the woman, how she pursues the judge, how, how the judge speaks of it is different. The word that keeps popping up in many translations is makes me weary. And in fact, in the King James Version, the judge says, lest she weary me, lest she weary me. And the Greek would say that this means to bruise or to mar or to give a black eye to. Now, I don't really see this widow being powerful and walking up and slugging the guy. But if you think back to metaphor, let's go back to that bing bang bongo high school class. To give someone a black eye is to mar their reputation. So I have this vision. I have this vision of a woman who stands up before the court and she's got it all together and she's put herself together and she's come before the judge and she says to the judge, help me seek justice against my adversary. And he's like, yeah. So I have this vision of her like pursuing him. Like I'm not leaving the courthouse. Here I go, here I go. Hey, 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 hey. I have a vision of her going to the marketplace like, you think you're getting dinner, but excuse me, um, excuse me, uh, 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 me, me, right? Like, do you see me? Do you see me? I have a vision of her standing in the town square saying, you know, your honor, you know, I'm right here and you haven't sought justice for me yet because the whole town's going to know who she is. She's the widow. She's vulnerable. She's ruining his reputation. The judge doesn't seek justice, doesn't bestow justice, doesn't vanquish her enemy because it's the right thing to do. The judge vanquishes her enemy, bestows justice because of his own reputation. She perseveres. She goes after him, seeking what she needs, and he gives it to her for himself. And then Jesus says, listen to what that unjust judge said. Will not 
God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will God keep putting them off? I tell you, God will see that they get justice and quickly. This is an interesting passage because here we have Luke setting up God with the foil of the unjust judge. This isn't the only time that Luke does this. Luke does this in chapter 11. Go back there. In chapter 11, the disciples have been saying, teach us how to pray. And Jesus tells them this story. He says, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, because of the boldness of the man, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Again, parable was told, set God up in comparison to the man who does for him. Let's go back to our scripture for today. Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? In 11, it says, does the father give his child an ask when he requests a loaf of bread? Will not God bring justice about for his chosen ones? Will he keep putting them off? No. Listen closely to this. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. What struck me here is if we can trust that Luke is writing um, somewhat in sequence. Luke has just gotten done speaking to the disciples about the fact that he is going to be taken from them. And in fact, at the end of, of 17, um, he actually says, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. He's foretelling his crucifixion. So if we come to our parable today, God will see that they get justice and quickly. That stood out to me so strongly because for me, this is Jesus pointing back I tell you, I will be denied by this generation. Jesus is saying, I will go to be crucified. And we know that through Jesus' crucifixion on the cross, Jesus has taken our sin and has bestowed justice on our behalf. Justice is met quickly. So then the question is, why does Luke say, pray, 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 pray? And why at the end of this does Jesus say, when the Son of Man comes, what will he find on earth? Justice has been dealt. Why do we pray? Think about this. 
When we want to learn something, when I want to learn to play a song, I sit down and I take it apart and I play it and I play it and I play it again and again and again and again. I've heard Gordon play the same riff again and again and again and again. We've seen our children fall down and get up and fall down and get up and fall down and get up again and again and again through doing those things over and over and over. We are changed. Perhaps in praying again and again and again. It's not about God bestowing justice. It's not about God, but about us. Perhaps Jesus is saying, pray, change. For what purpose? We go back into Luke. Jesus says to the, to the disciples, you will look for the Son of Man, but you will not see him. You will not see the kingdom you expect because the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is among you. Don't follow those people who say, here I am, here I am. This is the kingdom, this is the way. Jesus has said, the kingdom is within us. When we are called to pray, we pray our Father, great eternal one, almighty God, maker of the universe, glorious creator, light of the world. Hallowed be your name. You are so holy. You are so magnificent. You are more than we can imagine. And then what are the words? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth amongst you as it is in heaven. Give us what we need for this day and lead us not into temptation. Keep us from the evil one. Show us the way that you would have us go. And then we add on the end. For yours is the kingdom. Where's the kingdom, friends? The kingdom is within you, within us, within the saints. Yours is the kingdom. When we pray to God, we are giving ourselves to God. When you say those words, you are offering yourself up for something way more than the unjust self. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power, not mine. And yours is the glory. God, yours is the glory. Jesus ends this parable. When the Son of Man comes, what will the Son of Man find? Will we be praying for the parking space? Will we be praying for whatever we need in the, from the slot machine there? Will we be praying for the kingdom and all of God's creation in it? What will the Son of God find? Amen.